All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. This is Weekends with Swipa, where we are chatting here. I've got my guy Swipa Cam on the other side. Swipa, how you doing, my guy? <laughs> doing pretty good, I guess. <laughs> we are, we are vibing. We're having a good time. The Nuggets are 3-0. We get to talk about the best team of the world. It's a great day to talk about the best team of the world. It's a great day to be inside because it's cold outside here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, I'll ask you again. How you doing? <laughs> Bro, I'm living, man. You know, it's always good. I told folks, Jokic going to be the best player in the world a couple years ago. I told people Jamal Murray going to be an all-star. I tried to tell folks the day that Peyton Watson was drafted, I see the vision. I see the J.D. McDaniel to Herb Jones. I said players with this kind of archetype, physical gift, and intelligence, they typically don't bottom out in the NBA. And you give him the most, I don't know, the most intelligent team in the NBA, the most well-documented front office probably right now in the NBA. And respect to uh, Sam Presti and their development staff. They've done a great job since the KD days, but they ain't got no ring to show for it. Calvin Booth got a ring, and Tim Conley got a big part in that. So, man, I'm telling you right now, bro, I think uh, – I think the Nuggets are, again, this is not even about like, you know, in my brain, they're even better than what I thought from like, oh, like everybody's just lean in, guaranteed championship. This is more about, I think the Nuggets are showing that there's a level they can get to that I don't think anybody else can get to when they're actually riding like they should be. It's been wild to see. It's been wild to think about. And it's been cool to talk about because you always see, almost always see championship teams kind of, get a little bit lax after they win. And and this has been the exact opposite, I think. Denver in, in this game today goes out and they win 128 to 95. They absolutely throttled the OKC Thunder. And let me tell you, like it just wasn't close. It wasn't it wasn't ever close at any point. And there was never any question about who was going to win the game after about the first 6 minutes or so. Like it was uh kind of surprising to see Denver put their foot on the gas as much as they do because I think this is a spot last year where they kind of Eh, they they ease into it a little bit. They see how they're feeling. They're not necessarily as pedal to the metal. Now they they went full throttle on this one and absolutely killed OKC. SGA, not a great night for SGA. Uh, Denver's uh, perimeter defense, the vaunted perimeter defense of the Denver Nuggets, actually locks down and really shows up. I we were looking at well, tell some them, of the tell them the truth. Yeah, <laughs> we were we were, yeah. we were talking about the the advanced numbers for Denver right before we we hopped on NBA.com. Denver's got the second best offense, the seventh best defense, and the best net rating in the NBA so far this year. Obviously, it's small sample size. Obviously, there's a lot that can go into those layers. But Denver, when they've wanted to, has absolutely locked down. And it's been really cool to see Denver, even against a guy like SGA, like he had nowhere to really go tonight. Well, just to, you know, because Ryan's going to be nice to you and, you know, Whatever, whatever. I'm just going to tell you what the numbers are. Uh, mm. Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's been averaging over 30, by the way, right? He's been averaging over 30 to start the year off. Just absolutely put the Cleveland Cavaliers in a box. And they had the number one regular season defense in the NBA last year. He had, in 28 minutes, seven points, seven assists, four rebounds, 19.7% true shooting, and a 12.5% field goal percentage. And he was a minus 22 in 28 minutes for a top 12 player, I believe, who Ryan Blackburn had 
ahead of Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis even had a better game than SGA versus them. Anyway, that's so interesting how that works. You must be. And so, oh my that God, you're Casey, we're turning this into an, an Anthony Davis thing. Casey. Good God. <laughs> You know the same Anthony Davis that like had zero points like, in the second half. I like of that game? I like Anthony Davis. That's just me. Uh, but I think, bro, if you look at if you look at this team, man. Sorry, a little delay. If you look at this team, man, and what they're doing right now, bro. KCP, Christian Brown, Michael Porter Jr. They're just something. They're just in another. They're in another place right now. And again, we gotta talk about Porter defense too, bro. I'm not. I'm not gonna hold you, bro. He looks not just good. He looks really freaking good defensively to start the year. There's been a lot of great moments, and he is not the the mark that a lot of people thought that he would be, and and a lot of people expected him to be after uh, the first couple of years in the league. He has turned himself into a a problem a threat on the defensive end with the way that he can contest shots there were a couple plays that i was i was questioning kind of the decision making that he had on the on the defensive end but that just happens like it's it's just something that happens within the flow of the game for guys and like Jokic has a lot of those plays and murray has some of those plays like it it, it happens to everybody and so porter for all of the the flack that he used to get like the dude averages 11.3 rebounds a game now and that is a tremendous number. When you talk about adding value to a team, that's one way he can do it. He can sell out on the glass and make a, a massive impact on there and has done that so far in all three games. By the way, OKC had a top 10 offensive defense uh, from basically January on last year. The Nuggets had a 114 half-court offensive rating today. 114. Wow. That's insane. Like a good half-court offensive rating is like a 102. Yeah. And then they held them to a 91 half court. And then in transition, uh, the Nuggets averaged 138. They were 138.5 offensive rating in transition in the game, a 134.7 offensive rating. Now, typically, when you watch teams play, when you have that high of an offensive rating, you'll think the defensive rating will be very high as well, just because that means it's a high scoring, fast paced game. Okay. There were only 72 possessions today. So slower gameplay, 72 possessions, but 100. And 34 offensive, 107 defensive rating, right? A 107 defensive rating today. And again, this is similar versus Allegro that had 125 offensive rating and 107 defensive rating versus them. You're just seeing like there's like a pattern that's developing here. It's like we're going to get into an unstoppable offense. And even with our bench, which we'll talk about in a minute, even when they come into the game, they understand the culture, our identity, how we play, how we're connected. But defensively, everybody guard locks in. And honestly, Who's the weakest, the weakest defender in the Denver Nuggets rotation right now, I would say, are probably Reggie Jackson and I would say Jamal Murray, but I would say not because they're negatives. I think Jamal is just, he's a, you know, he's a point guard. They typically don't lock in unless you're Marcus Smart or Drew Holiday or one of them, but he's yeah. still been like a slight positive. But for you to have your worst defenders be like a six foot five point guard and your backups point guard, and then everybody else has just been clamping up, man, it's really special. KCP has been a monster on defense so far this year. Uh, Eric Gordon's basically averaging four stocks a game so far this year. Uh, It has been tremendous to be able to watch this team lock in when they want to. And uh, to your point about Murray, like he might be the weak link, but he had several possessions today where he just stood up SGA in the post. SGA tried to take advantage of him. 
two of 16 from the field, as you mentioned, and just not a locked in game from SGA. He was clearly bothered by something or other, uh, but it's been great. Uh, and we should probably mention Murray and Jokic, obviously, from the offensive end. Jokic goes for 28 points on 12 of 16 from the field, 14 rebounds, five assists. What did you think of his matchup against Chet Holmgren today? I think Jokic, uh, by the way, Jokic shot 11 of 14 from two, 78% from inside the line today. And uh, I think Chet's going to be a good player. I think Chet is, you know, he's had a really good rookie season. He had a good numbers himself today. But, you know, again, it's not even just the size. It's just the intelligence is not there. He doesn't know what he doesn't know, you know, so he doesn't know positioning and all that stuff. So Jokic is master positioner. Every time Jokic wanted to get into an action, he did it. And it's not even just because of just, you know, his, his uh, he's petite, like in, in terms of like body-wise, he's petite in NBA terms. But that's okay. Like, he'll figure that stuff out. But it's not even like he was bullying him. It was just his angles he was attacking, how he was getting to him, swimming around him or if they put Poku in the game, or even if they had one of the wings on him, then navigating some of the passing lanes. I mean, it was just really an all-around performance from Nikola Jokic taking 28 points and 29.9 minutes with 14 rebounds to go to it, man. He was aggressive. He was attacking. He looked spectacular. And again, man, he's continuing to show that for the best player in the world, man, there's just everything is just different. Like, he's just in a different class. I think honestly, honestly, Ryan, even in the game, he struggled again versus Memphis that we'll talk about later. He had a 66% true shooting. So, like, even then, it's like – and he was the uh, plus 6-6 uh, six, six in that game. So, yeah, it's just – Jokic is just embodying something right now that we just honestly just quite literally haven't seen before. It's, it's been tremendous to watch, and he does deserve a ton of credit. And, and a ton of credit for bouncing back, I think, from a a focus and a, a proper aggressiveness perspective. That was pretty nice to see. Um, Jamal Murray tonight's not the or today, not necessarily his best game, but 19 points and eight assists compared to four turnovers. Four turnovers are uh, pretty high for Jamal, and yet he still had a two to one assist to turnover ratio, which is great. Uh, nine of 14 from the field, only took one three, but made it. Uh, he, like Jokic, is getting whatever he wants right now. That's been my my general impression of what the Nuggets starters are going through right now, where they are trying different things. And when Murray doesn't take a lot of threes, it's because he's operating inside the two-point line or inside the three-point line and and being like getting to the spots on the floor wherever he wants to go. Uh, I've been very impressed by his playmaking, obviously, just as everybody else has. But it is nice to have two elite playmakers on the floor at once or one of them on the floor at all times. And again... Everybody like Jamal Murray is only averaging 21 and six. And so some people might say, well, three games in, how good is that? Is that good enough? Yeah. 21 and six on 66.5% true shooting. 66.5. So just again, I said this on my episode earlier, Ryan, but for clarity, Joel Embiid averaged 33 on 65 true shooting. So like these are like great numbers he's hitting. He's not going to sustain this efficiency more than likely. But what I did say was he gets to 24 and seven. But if he's able to stay right, if, if Jamal Murray is at 61 true shooting on 24 and 7 this year, that's all NBA numbers. So he's playing really well. He, and, and to your point, like, he doesn't have to do all of the things, like, as a as a lead playmaking guard from the, productions, from the production standpoint on this team, when they're right. sharing the wealth, when they're doing all these things. Like, we just had a, a game in the opener where KCP goes for 20 points on 8 of 12. For a yeah. lot of teams, that doesn't really happen all the time with their fifth guy. 
And, and for Denver, like they're able to get that from a guy like KCP. And so somebody like Murray or Porter or Gordon at times will sacrifice because they turn good shots into great shots all the time. And I think Murray's really embodied that, especially like he hasn't gone for these massive point numbers so far this year. And that's been fine. That hasn't been a problem at all. So mm-hmm. really good to see from Denver. Uh, but we should, uh, do you want to talk about Porter first or do you want to talk about Christian Brown and Peyton Watson? No, definitely Porter. Uh, you know, Porter did say to Katie Wendy that he has an ankle injury. We already knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said he's had to change his game up a little bit. And again, you know, that's fine. But here's the thing. Porter changing the game up is like, all right, I guess I'm just going to become apparently one of the 20 best wing defenders in the NBA. Uh, and then on the other side of that, I'm also going to be a, a hellacious rebounder. So whatever that means, right? So if you change your game and then that's what you become, that's fine. And he was four of seven from three today. Porter was four of seven from the three-point line today. And then on top of that, he was 29-2. and two, Another good playmaking series from him, like in terms of like things that he was able to put together. And he was a plus 12, but he was a plus 12. Everybody in the front, everybody in the starting lineup was a plus 20 plus. But Porter was a plus 12 because he was staggering with the bench. But even today with the bench, he's been showing an ability to get to the rim, to finish. Again, man, he, he's showing so much maturity. And he's, again, he's 25 years old. He's basically a man now. And uh, like in terms of NBA terms, man, I just think he's just coming into himself more and more. It's been great to see. And he's probably the one guy that you're looking at from that starting lineup perspective, wondering, okay, when are you going to come around? When are you going to look like yourself a little bit? How are you going to come off of that injury and, and get back to normal? He looks back to normal today. Like it just does. He He's probably not jumping as high as you want him to. He's probably not moving laterally as well as you want him to. But he's also just gotten smarter. And he, mm-hmm. he's playing the angles, much in the way you're talking about Jokic, he's playing the angles so much better now than he was at the beginning of his career and just knows more about what he needs to know, kind of like the opposite and the, the process that Chet Holmgren's going through. So it's yeah. been cool to see. And that's just a, a young, athletic, big dude figuring out how to play. And I love seeing that. And uh, obviously, Nuggets fans all love seeing that too. So shout out to him. Um, but it's been great. And and I love seeing what this Nuggets team is, is turning into. I didn't expect them to go 3-0. I didn't expect them to win this game. I thought that they would drop one of these games on the road. And I figured, hey, you, you might get a, a little bit of an emotional letdown. But the way that they kind of responded to adversity in Memphis and then put their foot on the gas in OKC, that's a mature team right there that knows what they need to do to win. Well, if you listen to Locked On Nuggets, I said that they were. I don't. Win. I'm sorry. Like I just I... both <laughs> both, <laughs> both of these games uh, that they were going into the Memphis OKC, but just because I think situational again, Ryan. And I said this before the show a little bit. I truly do not think that the Nuggets at this point in time know how to turn off who they are. They're just not the same team. They're not the old team they used to be. The old team they used to be would. They started one and three with two different losses to the Kings. That was the Faku Composite year he first got there. You know, you had the letdown games and all that stuff. But I just don't think that right now, coming off the finals run, I think they just are so full of uh, confidence and assuredness of this is a part of their identity. I don't know if they know how to turn it off. Now, it's not that doesn't mean they've not been sloppy. Jamal Murray said they're going to be sloppy at times. They've had plenty of sloppy moments. Remember, they were up 16 against the Lakers and let them back in the game. Yeah. They were up versus Memphis, 12 points. Let them back in the game. Went down to clutch. But here's the thing. 
if you get into a four-quarter situation with the Nuggets, if they have to keep a lead, they can keep a lead. And if they got to put you in a clutch situation and get a tough bucket, they'll go to multiple action. Or you want a split action with Murray, KCP, and Jokic? You want a horn set? You want a pick and roll? You like you want some kind of Spain? You want an Iverson cut? Get Jokic isolated on the right wing somewhere? Let him navigate the field? Get a step back mid range shot? He just has shown he can do it. So I don't know, man. They just really look. They just look like a team that is just like one of those teams, like generationally great, that just kind of has it all. And they're just kind of beaming with confidence right now. It's so fascinating. I did not expect that from this group. I thought that they would, I thought that they would kind of ease into it a little bit more. I thought that they would take a little bit longer with their bench. We'll talk about the bench in the next segment. They deserve a bunch of time to, uh, to kind of fawn over what happened in this game, but also what's happened through this first week and, and just sort of uh, really get to appreciate how things have gone so far. It's been awesome. It's been tremendous. Uh, But hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about first impressions of the rotation. We'll talk about Peyton Watson. We'll talk about Christian Brown. Those guys deserve a lot of credit. But first, everybody, as you know, this podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Football season has been rolling on for weeks, but now we have hockey and basketball in the mix. So what are you waiting for? It is time to get away from the big boys and try your hand with the local book this fall. Superbook is the book next door with a dedicated team of the best odds makers in the Las Vegas business, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now Superbook will give you a major deal here as long as you sign up and wager on the same day. They will give you a bonus of up to 250 bucks when you use the promo code MILEHIGH. So make sure to bet with the best and use that promo code MILEHIGH this season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem called 1 800 Gambler. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. And we're back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We are on weekends with Swipa with my guy, Swipa Cam. Thank you so much for hopping on with me, Swipa. It's been tremendous doing these episodes with you, being able to see you out here in the Mile High City once again. We're trying to get you out here, my guy. We want to we want to we want to have make this a full time thing. This has been a tremendous thing. And I know that everybody I get if you're if you're listening on the Mile High Sports YouTube right now, give you give some love to Swipa and make sure that everybody knows how valued Swipa is on the MHS platform. So thank you so much, dude. Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure, bro. Let's get into the rotation. Let's chat about the rotation here. First impressions from this week. I thought that Michael Malone did some great things. I thought that Michael Malone did some interesting things. And it's been very fascinating to see how the Nuggets have handled these first three games of the season. Basically going with a nine-man rotation for the most part with Reggie Jackson as the sixth man. Christian Brown is the seventh. Peyton Watson is the eighth. And Zeke Naji is the ninth, staggering Jamal Murray, but also staggered Michael Porter Jr. today in, in what I thought was a very interesting rotation from Coach Malone. Uh, Julian Strother's gotten in a couple times. He's been the 10th man, I, I would say. And mm-hmm. that's been that's been basically the group. So this is my this is my ability to kind of give you the floor here on whatever you want to talk about with the bench, whether it's from today or whether it's from this week. Oh man! Uh, well, somebody just said in our deck, uh, uh, he said, "Peak the Bucks stat line right now." The Bucks are currently down at the half, sixty-eight to forty-seven. 
team Atlanta Hawks. So, yeah, not, not super great. Going to sell my parlay. But anyway, so, yeah, you know, I think this is this is a really, 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 really good time. No, hey, here, let me, let me read off the stat line to you for Damian Lillard. 17 points, minus 31, zero points, 0 of 7, 0 of 4 from 3, 6 turnovers. Yeah, man, you know, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be good, but it's a little, little rough, y'all, but look, just, check this out. It takes some time to get to be Jokic and Murray, guys. It takes a little bit right. of time. <laughs> so let me read this to you. I'm going to read you what the net rating is for the main bench lineup, okay? This is Reggie Jackson, Jamal Murray, Zeke Nadia, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson. That bench unit, a 108.1 offensive rating. That's not good. That's way below. You don't love yeah. that at all. But they have a 70.7 defensive rating, which is a plus 37. A 70.7 defensive rating. So when I tell you that they have managed to find a way to become one of the greatest defensive units of all time, apparently, (laughs) they've done it. Now, obviously, very small sample size. But again, what did I always say? Length and versatility. For the Denver Nuggets, it's more important than anything else. A 70.7 defensive rating, Ryan Blackburn. So when I say the bench is doing its job, the bench is playing spectacular as a unit. They're spectacular. Bro, <laughs> that is that is tremendous. That is that's disgusting. Uh, look, that was going to be the identity of this group, regardless, right? If you commit to Zeke Naji as the center, one of his biggest defining traits and his biggest defining skills in this league is his abilities to switch onto guards and wings and guard in isolation. And you want to be able to take advantage of that. And boy, have they taken advantage of that. Good God, man. What is, is that? You said plus 37 on the plus net rate? 37. They're at plus 37. So again, three games, 21 minutes is a lot for a five-man bench unit. They are a 108.1 offensive rating, a 70.7 defensive rating, a plus 37.4 net rating. Ooh, okay. Uh, wow. That's okay. That's not the number I expected to hear today, but thank you for that. I appreciate that. That's the, that's swipe a cam bringing the analytics into the conversation and with, with a conversation with Ryan, he always brings the best numbers. Um, <laughs> that's tremendous, dude. What do, you, uh, what do you what do you attribute that to when you when you think about what you've seen through three games? What do you attribute that to for the Nuggets? I think it's very few shots at the rim. I think the yep. like the most important thing that that team that that group has done is they shrink the floor and they switch everything. They make sure that if you're going to kill them, you're going to kill them with threes. You're not going to kill them at the rim. Peyton Watson flies in from the weak side. Christian Brown's got length and athleticism. Zeke Naji, when he rotates over and switches, it's been pretty clear. But then one-on-one, they all do a pretty good job of keeping everybody in front. Mm-hmm. I think the guy who probably does the worst job of that is Reggie, but honestly, I've been pleasantly surprised with the way that he's yeah, played I haven't noticed so a lot of, too. Yeah, I haven't noticed a lot of people beating And that, that right there is the key. That, in my opinion, is the key. When you do not notice somebody on the defensive end, it's usually a good thing. Like, it just is because everybody's playing their role. They're executing the rotations. And then the opposing team, okay, you're 
you get a tough shot or you get a runner down the the lane and, and it's it's you have to do a running bank shot or a fade away and uh, you settle for a mid-range jumper and it's just like okay that's fine but you could definitely do better if you're the opposing team i think the the nuggets have done a great job of walling off the paint forcing guys away from the rim and switching everything and guarding in isolation that's tremendous and look that's probably our best springboard opportunity to talk about Christian Brown and Peyton Watson from today specifically. Yeah. I had been relatively critical of Christian Brown because first two games, obviously first two games back. So you give guys a pass for not necessarily knowing how to fit into that. But that was one thing that I was watching today. Christian brought in a 39.2 true shooting percentage into the game today. And then he Mm -hmm. played way better. Mm 13.7 rebounds, seven assists was dynamic on both ends of the floor and he just like he found a way to fit in in a situation like today where he was more aggressive off the dribble. And I thought that he did a really nice job of breaking guys down. And even when when Murray kind of had to rotate the ball back up to the top, Reggie Jackson rotated the ball back up to the top. Christian would get the ball and he would kind of break his guy down off the dribble a little bit. And he hit a nice pull up late in the game. That was nice. And he got to the rim multiple times. So tremendous stuff from him. Uh would you rather talk about Christian Brown or Peyton Watson? Well, I think Christian's important. You know, he's the sixth man. 13, 7, and 7. There's nothing to sneeze at. Like, that's a really good game. It's, it's for a somebody great of, game. Yeah. Right. You know, we've never seen Christian play make like that. So that's incredible that he was able to do it. Now, the shot's not there. The shot won't be there for a while. You know, he didn't play in the preseason at all. But that's the thing, man. Like, okay, let's just be honest, bro. Like, the Nuggets, you know, Murray, Porter, Jokic, we're already so good offensively. It doesn't really matter what you contribute. If, if you can cut and you can get to the rim, cool, great. You know, yeah. we'll have a 120 offensive rating with you on the court kind of thing. So I just think, man, what they're able to do um, is really important with Christian. But again, Peyton Watson, man, I just I just think let me and let me also say this, Ryan. And I, I want to I want to hear you with this. Okay. Peyton Watson, last year and even the last first three games here has already shown that he has a much higher ceiling than anything Christian Brown would be able to do as an NBA player and with the Denver Nuggets. He is already, already a more dynamic defender. Not an on-ball defender. If you want to give Christian that, that's fine. But in terms of just dynamicism, I don't think he even – it's just not a conversation. He's six foot eight with a seven-plus-foot wingspan. Like, those players just don't, like – you don't just find those. But again, it's not to say that Christian's not going to be an all NBA, all, all defense worthy player. He could be. But for me, when I look at when I look at Peyton, Peyton has like the physical profile of somebody that's like in DPOY discussions. Because you just quite literally can't do anything about him. And even today, bro, we got we saw him one on one versus D'Angelo Russell and all that. We saw him one on one this last game versus uh Derrick Rose and Marcus Smart. One of those matchups. Today, he went up, he went from here, you know, top 100 players, borderline top 100 player to top 12 player. And you know what FCA did against him? Nothing. Nothing. With, with two blocks. He yeah. got one that didn't, wasn't registered, but he got one right before a quarter. I think at the end of the third quarter, it might have been, uh, that he had on FCA. And then he had one, uh, at the, I think, in the first half when FCA tried to drive and he swatted it out of bounds and he jumped over Zeke Naji in order to do it. So that's my thing with, what he is, man. He is just so freaking dynamic, man. And I'm really just excited for his future. He's processing the game better. Bro, he even had the rookie year Kobe Bryant dunk 
where he went baseline, couldn't get on this side, and went reverse. That, and that was nice. And and it's kind of it's those plays, but he also had a nice pull up on the baseline, like a pull up two. He yep. had a, a shot in the corner from three, and that I think those plays right there, because like, you're you're selling me already on the defense. There's there's right. no question about that. He is a higher ceiling defensive guy than Christian, right. and he's a higher ceiling player than Christian. And I think that's why they were drafted the way that they were. Christian's right. the guy that Denver knew that they had to get in for the high floor. Mm-hmm. And then Peyton's got the high ceiling, but right. great thing is you get to have them both. And when they're both playing well, it's, it's really hard to, it's really hard to complain about either of them because they have this switchable athletic build that you can, you, it's exactly what people want. Like I, I kept thinking about this from OKC's perspective, right. man, they've, they're the team that has all these playmaking wings and, and they've been floated as, as this modern. Even NBA team. Wallace looked really good today. He did. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Denver dwarfed them. They right. look small against Denver because Denver's got these huge players, and mm-hmm. it's up and down the rotation. It was and they're all tremendous athletic. to watch. It's they're not. They're not just insane. big. They're all athletic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you had a point. I'm gonna. So this is, and I'm already here. So I've already said this on Twitter, but you've already heard me talk about Peyton Watson before. This isn't new. Sure. I think you know what I think about when I think of Peyton Watson. What? I thought about James Harden with the Thunder. But the reason I bring that up is to say not James Harden, like this is an MVP level player, but this is a player that the Denver Nuggets are going to have to look at and say, are we willing to pay him what he's worth or else we trade him for whatever amount of assets? Because that's where Peyton is. Again, I'm trying to tell you, Ryan, those players, if all if, if he even meets his floor as a player, how much worse than Jaden McDaniels is he? If, he? if he's worse, if he's worse, that's cool. But how much worse? That's still a starting level player in the league. That's what I'm saying. So if he reaches his floor, which is worse than Jaden, let's say he reaches Jaden, or what is like, you know what I mean? Like then we're having a different conversation. Jaden just got maxed out. Yeah. He just got a five-year deal. So much worse than Jaden. Okay, well, that's uh, you know, uh five-year 150 guy. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying, man. I just think that uh I think with what he is. I'm I'm of the mindset that the, the Nuggets are going to have to make a decision uh, in uh, about two years about, I mean, two years at this point, right? You know, while he's in his fourth year about him, sure. that's going to say, look, are we going to pay him and be the most expensive team ever? Or are we just going to like, you know, do whatever? Because Brian, he is that good. You don't find players like that. And again, and it's not just this. You know, what does it for me too, you can't always listen to NBA players, but Ryan, listen to how NBA players talk about him. Paul George and Kevin Durant have lauded this dude for what he is. And they, also, Paul George just came out today in a clip also and also said really high things about Christian Brown as well. But sure. Peyton just has a different bag, bro. So, again, even today, bro, I'm just looking. I'm like, the Nuggets, Bruce Brown, KCP, AG, they all struggled. With, they all struggled. All of them struggled last year with uh, SGA. Now, to be fair, though, SGA just had a bad game. He'll have a better game next time. And the Nugget team defense is better. But literally – when he went up against Peyton, Peyton is longer and more athletic than he is and also very intelligent. So, you know, that's what I'm saying, man. It's just like, dude, like, it's just a nightmare when he comes on the field. When, like, when he's on the court, like, it's just like, I think the connected link. And even playing the four, and I said I don't want him to play the four when we had this conversation. I don't like him at the four, but if you're telling me they're switching everything anyway, then it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, and so here's – 
my my larger point for this, and then we can shift to the next segment. Um, it's going to take a little bit, and I'm still not there when it comes to like, hey, he's got to continue to prove this because mm-hmm. you don't give a guy 30 plus million a year off yeah, of, of like three games. Like he's he's going to have to continue no, to yeah. show the growth. And I know that you're not saying that at all, but like more of what this is about is the fact that we can have those dreams. You can right. have those discussions at this point and think like, okay, this is the exact kind of guy that you want to play around Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, everybody. Like it, it is a tremendous value add. And right. look, Calvin Booth deserves a ton of credit, man. Like he, he said what he said <laughs> about Julian Bruce Strong Brown. This year. <laughs> <laughs> he said what he said about Bruce Brown and Bones Highland. That dude is batting a thousand right yeah, now. Yeah, no, that's a fact. A thousand. It's insane. It is tremendous. And then even, and then even Julian is the six foot six wing, who's an incredible scorer and looks the part. You know. And dude, I I I know what the vision is. And it's going to involve some of the current starters, maybe not being there in those couple of years, like in those three years when, uh, when you have to pay somebody like a Peyton Watson or a well, Christian but here's Brown the, here, or whatnot. Here, here's the thing about that though. Just real quick on that. Yeah. I think that used to be true, but I can tell you right now, if that one dude that we're both thinking about keeps doing this, he's not going nowhere and he's healthy. Oh, he's not going anywhere. There's just no way. Cause there's no replacing that, you know, might be AG. Um, well, AG, I think the thing is AG is on his the second second year of a four year, mm-hmm. and so he's making twenty two mil right now. So two yeah. years from now, when he's thirty, you know, do you re up him? You know, it's a good whatever, question. And you know, but I think I think so. I think they will just because you don't. He's too big. You don't find wings that are that big. Way right. way out in the future. That, that's after and championship number yeah, three let's, conversation. Let's Ryan. let's have let's have. A third championship before we even have this discussion like this is it's completely understandable but like look this is where you start getting into that golden state frame of mind where you right. start going light years and you start thinking a little bit too much a little bit too right. much about like hey can we have our cake and eat it too uh right. no let's uh let's let's be patient at least a little bit let's see what this develops into but the fact that you can have those questions and can have those discussions, I think is a very, very good sign for the future of this team. They have the best starting lineup in the NBA and boy, do they have a way better bench than anybody expected. I think that that's, right. it's tremendous to watch. So right. tell you what, let's take one more break. Everybody, when we come back, we are going to chat about this upcoming week with the nuggets and just kind of give our general takes for, for what we can expect from this group going forward. We are back, everybody. Pick X and roll. Weekends with Swiper here. Thank you so much, Swiper Cam, for hopping in. Um, let's preview the week. Let's preview the week. Uh, let's let's also tell Aniela that I need more commercials for uh, for us to play in the in the weekends with Swiper and the Pick X and roll playlist. Um, let's talk about this upcoming week because Nuggets are three and zero. We don't know when their first loss is going to come. It'll happen at some point. Nobody is going has gone eighty two and zero yet. Uh, but hey, uh, who knows? Maybe this is the the seventy four and eight Denver Nuggets. Like we'll just have to we'll have to talk about that and cross that bridge when we come to it. It's going to be crazy. But uh, I do think that this is going to be a fun week for Denver for a number of reasons. 
let me go through the games here real quick. I've got them on the bottom of the screen, everybody. Uh, Monday versus Utah. Denver's on their first back-to-back. They come home from OKC, and they're going to play tomorrow night. Wednesday, they travel to Minnesota, and they will face the Minnesota Timberwolves in game five of the season. That'll be an interesting one. Nice little revenge spot maybe for the Wolves, and I think that that's going to be one that they're going to be up for tremendously for sure. Um, Friday will be versus Dallas. That will be the first in-season tournament game of the season for Denver. And I'm curious to see how the team and how the players and how uh, the league kind of approaches this because there have been a lot of discussions about the in-season tournament and there's been a lot of promotion so far from the national broadcasts on what the hell the in-season tournament is. So we will see what happens there, although the Nuggets aren't exactly promoting it well with the jerseys they're about to wear for that game. Um, and then they play a back-to-back on that Saturday against Minnesota again. Is that is that right? Did I type that incorrectly? Oh, no, it's Chicago. Why did I type Minnesota? I was wondering, like, that doesn't make sense. Let me change this right here. Saturday versus Chicago. I was thinking of a different team from the Midwest. Okay, Nuggets play Utah, Minnesota, Dallas, Chicago. Swipe your first impressions when you hear that schedule. You're muted, dude. Oh, sorry. I was You're typing because I wanted to make a little noise. Okay. Utah, really good. They don't play any defense. Uh, Keontae George is special. He went to Baylor. What Baylor player isn't special in the NBA? We've had this discussion before. Um, I think that having Utah plus Minnesota, Dallas, Chicago, Chicago looks like an absolute train wreck right now. I just, I mean, I thought for sure they're going to be like not top nine seed. They just look terrible. They in the preseason when Denver played them, they looked way better. They they looked like a a way better version of themselves, and that just that just hasn't really manifested this time. So see what happens there but they they look well, gross i'm hearing a lot of chatter about like derozan and caruso and all sorts of stuff i'm like look i don't know when they're going to do it jilly fans are asking for zach levine because they're blowing it up anyway so who knows what's going to happen but i'll say this i think that utah uh i think they beat utah beating minnesota and minnesota is going to be a lot i think because minnesota they're one and one and if they lose their next game one and two they're going to be look really desperate uh but i think all these this is the thing here but this is the funny thing the Nuggets are better than all these teams. So they are the champions after, after yeah, a fashion. <laughs> and they have the best player out of all these teams. So it's like, are they just gonna are they gonna be a, are they gonna want to lean into it the way they should? And that's really gonna be the question. I think the, the one that I see them actually not showing up and giving their best effort, not their best effort, but the other team actually legitimately being able to like reach a ceiling to beat them, I think might be the Timberwolves. And that's uh the Wednesday game in Minnesota. I am watching that Dallas game and I'm watching the way that Luca just played against the, the Brooklyn Nets and like a team, like a guy like Ben Simmons and guy like Mikhail Bridges, they're trying to be physical with him and bully him. And he dropped 49 on their heads and made every three pointer and just looked unbelievable in that game. Luca looks skinnier and he looks to be in better shape, kind of in the same way that a Jokic went through that, uh, that transformation early on in his career right. and has, has really started to take, take his health seriously and then blew up immediately. So I think that there's a possibility that Luca just demolishes Denver, but I thought that Shea would 
play the way that he did. I do think that Luke is a little bit more crafty and foul baiting even more than, than a guy like Shea. So there is a possibility that somebody like a Peyton Watson, somebody like a Christian Brown, they get off their feet a little bit. And then Luca draws a bunch of free throws in, in the matchup like that. But I think that the Minnesota game, they probably lose. And then that Dallas game is going to be an absolute show. And I'm not sure which direction it goes, but it, it will be a show for sure. Well, the only thing I have about Dallas is uh, a lively Hardaway, And then obviously they're, regulars that they've had on that roster for years in their big man rotation. And then they got Rashawn Holmes on the roster. They don't have Grant Williams, Josh Green. Yeah, I mean, they're good. But guess what? They're small. They're still going to be small. So if you're telling me all the Nuggets are playing that game, then, you know, that's going to be a situation where they're going to have to rebound really well and close out really well. And they're going to have to keep the Nuggets at one possession. Because they're already going to be efficient on this one possession. But when they miss, miss, don't give them the rebound. And I think they can obviously win the game. Luka and Kyrie is going to be really good. Oh, sure. But yeah. I don't know. Like, I, w- I want to see them really challenged by a half-court offense. And that's going to be Dallas. So, you know, we'll see what it looks like. And more of what I'm saying is, like, I, I just think that Dallas could put up 120 or whatever in, in that kind right. of matchup. And if Denver doesn't put up 120, then they they could absolutely lose that game. And, look, I think this is a, a good comment here. We already saw Jokic cook a rookie tonight. Um, yeah, there is definitely a reason to believe that Derek Lively or Maxi Kleba or any of the other guys that Dallas could actually throw at Joker, uh, at Joker, probably not going to get a, get a bunch of stops there. So it just wouldn't surprise me if Jokic dominated in that matchup. And I think that if you tell him that the in-season tournament is a thing that he needs to care about and he actually does and he puts out his best effort in a game like that, there's a possibility that he goes for 40, 15, and 15 in a matchup like that against a rookie. So I think well, that the there's... thing is, but remember, though, this was the game they lost right before the Memphis game. Remember, they lost three straight last year. I want to say it was like Detroit, Dallas, and maybe the Pelicans at 38. I, I know exactly that. what it is, actually. It was a... No, Hawks. It was Hawks, Pelicans, Mavericks. But the Mavericks game was a national TV game and they and double they, joker every possession. They did, but they played better. Like Denver yeah. played like you could start to see the signs of them kind of breaking out of what they needed to break out of in that game. Right. But the Mavericks just made the shots that they needed to and that could happen this time around too. So right. it, it's stuff where you you want to give opponents respect because they deserve it and because a guy like Luka deserves But do you think respect. if they double joker every possession this year that they would be the same? Like the offense wouldn't just solve itself like throughout at least like you know, it, they did it. Just, Ryan, they literally every single possession double joker. You just got to like, like, are the Nuggets making 15 threes or are they making 18 threes? Are they right. making 12 threes? Are they making 20 threes? That's my right. that's my big concern there, because if Denver was making all of their perimeter shots in that situation, then, yeah, the, the double is going to get Dallas killed. They're going to die. But well, I, I would almost rather the Nuggets, they do do that, pull Jokic away from the paint and you double at the high at the high post. And then that way you're operating everything going towards the rim. Can't really double at the high post. Like then, then like you said, the, the basket underneath opens right. up, AG's getting. But that's a what I'm saying. Like and, it's just yeah. repositioning Joker. That way they can't try to just work on the post and then the rotation, 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 you know, I think that's fair. And Denver could absolutely do that too. Um, let's talk about back-to-backs here. 
before we go. Denver, obviously, they're the second night of a back-to-back tomorrow night against Utah. Do you think that they'll play all of their guys? I, I kind of yeah. think that they do. I, I don't think they're in a situation where they're a no. team that has to rest. No. Yeah, there's no reason to. You didn't – You Jokic didn't play in the fourth quarter. Murray barely had to play. KCP, Porter. I mean, they're all fine. So I think that – yeah, I think they all end up playing, and then I think it's going to be a really fun game tomorrow too. I have the starting five, Murray at 29, KCP at 30, MPJ at 25, right. Gordon at 23, and Jokic right. at 30. So, like, right. nobody played more than 30 minutes, and I, I think that that's kind of a good bellwether. Hey, you're going back home. You're going to play in front of the fans. Give the fans what they want. And if you need to rest going forward, then you can't really rest in the Dallas game, but they could probably rest in that Chicago game and still get a win. Uh, just kind of depends who they rest, though. So, should be fascinating to watch. That's that's one of the things I'm I'm definitely monitoring though. If you get two back to backs in the span of about six days, that's mm-hmm. a that's a that's a tough matchup for anybody. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be watching out for that. Any yeah. final takeaways before before we get out of here? Oh, man, they just went way more locked in defensively than I think anybody suspected. But I, I, I said this before the year started, and I'll say it again. I just think the Nuggets are older, they're more mature. But I just don't know if they I don't know if they can actually turn off excellence once you reach excellence and you're young and in your prime i don't know if you can turn it off so that's kind of where i think they're they might be at right now well we will see what happens but i am very curious i had them projected at 55 after seeing that opening night win maybe it's even higher than that who knows but uh it's gonna be a long season we'll find out but i'm uh i'm excited to see it dude yeah it's gonna be fun yeah i mean we'll see i think i had 54 55 but like who knows? They might not. If the West is going to be going back and forth, they might not have to win that much. They'll win as much as they need to, and then they'll rest everybody. Same thing as last year. Everybody, that's going to do it for this episode of Weekends with Swipa. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure to follow Swipa Cam at Swipa Cam on Twitter, and make sure to follow me at NBA Blackburn. Uh, lots of great stuff from us today, and we're going to do weekends episodes every weekend uh, not sure if it's going to be saturday or sunday next week i think it will probably be saturday but uh we'll we'll, we'll play that by ear we'll figure it out everybody thank you so much for tuning into the show appreciate all the love and support on the podcast as always hit that like button that subscribe button on the way out we'll talk to you guys next week